Thanks for listening to the Crosspoint Podcast. This is the Young Adults Ministry of the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Here we desire to see this generation of young adults reached and revived with the gospel of Christ. We believe our generation has the opportunity to change the world as we know it. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. at Franklin Road Baptist Church. Our prayer is that our podcast will help you grow in your relationship with God. Enjoy the Crosspoint Podcast. Actually, I am excited about this because we're going to stay in. Way too many papers up here. We're going to stay in our blessings series, but um, pull some stuff out of the Christmas story. And so um, today we're going to be looking at the the kind of the topic or idea or the title of our lesson. Lesson. I keep wanting to say the lesson or the blessing. The blessing um, for I think if we would have done handouts for this. Um, so you can pull your phones out. We're going to stay on, on our notes and our phones. But if we would have done handouts for this, I'm pretty sure I would have titled them Lesson Number One, Lesson Number Two, or whatever. That would have been a good Southern thing to do. But uh, the blessings of the burden of waiting. The blessings of the burden of waiting. And so last week we talked about the blessings of the burden of crucif- the crucifixion or the cross. And um, the whole goal behind this series uh, as I've already referred to a couple of times, or just to bring those of you who maybe pop in and out up to speed, has been to help us identify the blessings in the midst of the burdens. Um, we started this the week before Thanksgiving, and one of the things that I said is that, you know, Thanksgiving time is always the time of year that uh, it seems like that we try to really focus on our blessings, and we sing songs like Count Your Many Blessings, and that's that's all great, but the truth is is that sometimes what we are guilty of doing is we're guilty of taking our burdens and for the next couple of weeks we kind of put them over in a box and we assume, well, that's the bad part of my life, but let's look at just the good part of my life. When I think that there is a transformation or that there is a paradigm shift that every Christian should experience, and that is that we find the blessings in the midst of our burdens. As I have started really teaching through this, what I've found is there are very few things in Scripture that we would call a blessing that was not preceded by burden. You look at some of the covenants that God made with his people, some of the covenants that he made with Abraham, with Isaac, with uh, even some of the things in Joseph's life. You can really walk through Scripture, and what you can find is that many of the stories that we praise the blessings of, they were actually preceded or in the midst of burdens. Crucifixion and the gospel being one of them, which we talked about last week. But today we're going to talk about the blessings of the burden of waiting. And so I want you to look at Luke chapter number two. I'm actually going to read to you outside of Jesus himself. um, Two of my favorite characters in the Christmas story are Simeon and Anna. Um, That may sound weird, um, but I love the, I love the kind of underlying story of Simeon and Anna. Um, You know, Luke chapter two could have just said, Jesus came and He came to glory to God in the highest, and the angels sang, and the shepherds came and worshipped him. It could have just given us those simple facts, but it kind of continues on, and it introduces us to two specific people. It's interesting to me that we don't know the wise men's name, we don't know the shepherd's name, but we know Simeon and Anna's name. And so it kind of gives us something that we can identify with. And so in Luke chapter number 2, let's begin reading in verse number 22. The Bible says this, and when the days of her purification, and when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, 
they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. Someone, someone talk to me and tell me, prior to really the, all of the Gospels, what are the time, what is the time frame leading up to the Gospels referred to? Okay, it's not necessarily referred to it in Scripture, it's referred to it historically. Anybody know? Silent years. How many, how long were the silent years? 400 years, okay? So when we get to Simeon, something to keep in mind is that Simeon is not just the only person of his family who has not heard or seen from God in 400 years. This is something that has affected his parents, his grandparents, and he is probably in the midst of this assuming that it will even affect his children and his grandchildren. So 400 silent years has affected a lot of generations by the time you get to Luke chapter number 2. Okay, Let's continue reading. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So in the midst of all this, Simeon kind of is assuming, man, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, they had not heard from God personally in, all, in how many ever years. And in the midst of all that, the Holy Ghost comes to Simeon and says, you are going to experience something different. Can you imagine waking up every day knowing that God had promised you that you would not see death until you had met this, the Messiah? And so every single day, Simeon wakes up, goes to the temple. He does his diligence. He does his duties. He, does, he goes through his day-to-day -day routine knowing that he will one day see the Messiah. Verse number 27, And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Man, there's so much in these verses, I don't feel like I can do it justice. Which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the, for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Azer. She was of great age and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity, and she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which, de which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she, coming in that instance, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord, and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the land, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. So much there, but today we're going to talk about the blessings of the burden of waiting. Let's pray and we'll ask the Lord to help us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much that you are a God. For you have a perfect timetable. Lord, you have a perfect plan. 
And sometimes as human beings who cannot comprehend that, we tend to try to skirt that. We tend to try to get around it. But Lord, may we as Simeon and Anna be faithful to where and to what you have called us to do so that one of these days when the wait is over, we can step back and we can worship you. Lord, I love this passage. I pray that it would come through. Lord, you know that I'm tired. You know that I'm, I'm weak. Lord, you know that I do not feel adequate in presenting this. But God, I ask that you would take all of that and you would set aside that your voice would become evident to this group today. In your name we pray. Amen. How many of you have ever, maybe, the DMV is probably going to be our best example of this, okay? You've been to the DMV and you've had to wait, all right? We've had to wait. Or what's probably even maybe worse than that is getting on a phone call that you have to wait on or you're on hold for customer service. And sometimes I've found that some places that are known for their wait times, they try to, like, give you this false sense of hope, like, you are seventh in line. Like, oh, seventh's not that bad. What they didn't tell you is that the six people in front of you are all, like, having near-death experiences or whatever, and you're, and you're on seven, but they're going to spend two and a half hours on the, on the phone with the six people in front of you, okay? Sometimes you go to the DMV, and they'll give you this little name tag and number, and you'll, you'll see that you're A259, and they'll flash up A257, and you think, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm two people away, and then it's just like all of a sudden, just because Harriet behind the counter decides to change your mind, then she clicks to, she goes to letter D. Like, okay, you went to D001 and you skipped, you skipped A259. And so sometimes we get this false sense of hope, like, well, you are seventh in line or you're A259 or, or your approximate wait time is 15 minutes or whatever. But guess what? In life, you don't always have that, do you? Sometimes on the phone with customer service or at the DMV, you have a little bit of hope. But sometimes in life, you don't know how long you're going to have to wait. The stage of life that you're at, you don't know how long you're going to have to wait to date someone that's right for you. You don't know how long you're going to have to wait to maybe get the job that you've always wanted. You don't know how long you're going to have to wait till you find the perfect someone. You don't know how long you're going to have to wait until you get out of student loan debt. You don't know how long you're going to have to wait until whatever it may be. And sometimes the waiting game almost just feels like it is never ending. And if you're not careful at the stage of life that you're at, you'll get frustrated with the weight and the burden of waiting to the point that you will miss the blessings in the weight. You'll miss the opportunities that God has given you right in front of your face because you're too worried about what's next. The truth is, is that life is kind of built on constantly looking forward to what's next, isn't it? You're born, and guess what? You want to crawl. That's where our Blakely's at right now. You crawl, and you want to walk. You walk, and you want to go to school. You go to school, and you want a driver's license. You want a driver's license, and then you want to graduate. And then you graduate, and you want to go to college. You get to college, and you decide you definitely don't want to be there. And then so you decide, well, I want to graduate again, and I want to get married and get a job and have kids and whatever. And sometimes we're so consumed with what's next that we're guilty of not recognizing the blessings in the midst of the waiting for what's next. And I know that as I look across the room at many of you, some of you knowing some of the things that you've been through this year, some of you knowing where you're at, maybe spiritually, relationally, emotionally, whatever. When I look around, I know that a lot of you, you feel like you're just in God's waiting room. 
When's he going to call me up? When's he going to call me back? What's next for me? Where am I going? What is happening in my life? Am I going to stay here? Am I going to go? Am I going to leave? Am I going to get married? Am I going to date? Am I, what, what is happening in my life? And sometimes the burden of the weight causes us to miss the blessings. And when you look at Simeon and Anna, I can't even imagine. I, I do not have a patient personality, okay? It is not my strong point. I will, I'm happy to admit that. Like, and I understand that the spirit of the Lord has to help me with that. Okay, and He does each and every day that I decide to be patient and listen to Him. All right. Normally, does not happen when we're trying to get out the door and be on time for church. And it's like Baylor's my one. Bless her heart. Like, I don't know that the girl knows what the word hurry means. Like, like we were leaving today. She had been ready for probably an hour and a half. This has nothing to do. Okay, we've been ready for like an hour and a half, like just kind of sitting there. Lauren was sick today, and so we kind of all like were able to get ready, and she was able to help the kids get ready. So we're just kind of sitting there. We're literally walking out the door, and I'm like, "All right, Baylor, come on." She's like, "I want to pack a backpack of toys," and I'm like, "No, we're not. Like, why? Why do you need that for church? You don't need a backpack of toys." And the other day, she brought a backpack. I don't even. It might have been one of the teachers in here. But she and she brought a backpack into class, and like I had heard her walking up the steps, and it was like click 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 click, and someone walked in, like I didn't know what she had in it, like, and she walks in, and one of the teachers was like, Baylor, what's in your backpack? And she's like, metal. I'm like, where, where did you get that? Why do you have that? Why do you need that? Like, why? Anyway, so, but some like patience is not my strong point. And sometimes when I look at Simeon and Anna, I am so challenged by the fact that each and every day that they woke up, they knew they were waiting for something. Simeon knew that he was waiting, and after it was fulfilled, he would die. Simeon knew that, that, that when this occurred, it was his finish line. And yet every single day he woke up, and he went to the temple, and he worshipped, and he served, and he kept his, his integrity and his character, as we'll look at in just a second. And every single day, he waited, but yet he chose to do what God had called him to do. And here is the challenge for you today, is do not miss what God has called you to right now, because you're looking forward to what God could be calling you to next. Don't miss what God has called you to right now because you're guilty of looking at what God has called you to next. Be faithful where you are. Do what God has called you to do right now because I believe that that is the entrance into what he is calling or will call you to do next. And if you give up now, and if you just throw your hands up and say, I'm just going to be frustrated until this season is over. I'm just going to quit until this season is over. I'm not going to walk with God. I'm not going to serve. I'm not going to give. I'm not going to love others. I'm just going to stay isolated to myself. I'm just going to quit because I'm frustrated about the weight. Then what you will miss out on is you will miss out on the blessing of being prepared for what is next. And so I want to give you four quick thoughts about the blessings of waiting or the blessings of the burden of waiting. And the first one is this. Waiting often tempts our character, so wait with integrity. Waiting often tempts our character, so wait with integrity. I want you to think about scripturally who God asked to wait. He asked Joseph to wait. 
He put Joseph in a new situation, a new area, a new location, apart from his people. He could, Joseph could have gotten to Egypt and just said, you know what, forget it all. I'm going to give up on my integrity. I'm going to give up on my character. But he chose to wait with integrity. And waiting has a way of tempting your character, of putting you in a position to where, well, I feel like that if I had control of this, I would do it differently. So, God, I'm going to take control and I'm going to rush the process. I'm going to give my heart to every person that I date, every person that I fall in love with. I'm, going, I'm just going to give myself in, okay? Waiting has a possibility of tempting your character. So wait with integrity. Both Simeon and Anna, let's just look at it, okay? Look at verse number um, 27. Actually, verse number 26. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost. Uh, that's not the right verse. Oh, verse number 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. So what do we know about Simeon? And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Meaning this, Simeon did not give up on who he was to get where he needed to be. Can you imagine if the Holy Ghost would have said, hey, once this is accomplished in your life, then you're going to, you're going to pass away. If, if the Holy Ghost came into your life and gave you a promise like that, you know what most, most of us in 2021 would do? Well, then I've got to YOLO. Like, well, I've got to go and live my life however I want. I've got to get all of this crammed in the way that I want to. I've got to get all of this packed into my life. If, if that's what's going to happen, then I'm going to. But Simeon said, no, I'm going to begin with my character. I'm just and devout. You skip down and you look at verse number 36 about Anna. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple. She stayed where she was supposed to stay. He says, but serve God with fastings and prayers night and day waiting will often tempt your character so wait with integrity secondly waiting often yields loneliness allow god to be your friend waiting often yields loneliness so allow god to be your friend simeon and anna i want you to see this okay both simeon and anna had outweighed for lack of a better term outlived their friendships, their families, their spouses most likely. Definitely Anna, it says that. We can only assume the same is true for Simeon. They had outlived a lot of human connections and human relationships. And so guess what? Each and every day that they woke up, it wasn't, I need to go and find someone to befriend me. I need to go and make new connections. I need to go and get more followers on social media. Each and every day, they waited in loneliness. So what was their choice? They had to choose to make a friend of God. Can I talk to your heart for just like 30 seconds? I understand that this generation is very geared towards relational Christianity. And as long as I lead you, I will do my best to try to accommodate that, okay? I say that you're very good. We always say, like, we love community, and we, we love relationships, and, and we love this. And then when it's like, hey, we're going to all get together and build relationships and drink coffee, it's like, well, I'm really sleepy today. So, like, I, I don't think I can make it. But maybe next time you build relationships and build community, I could maybe make it, all right? So we, we kind of tend toward that. Have you noticed how many churches are like, come here to build relationships, or come here because we have strong community? 
When the truth is, is I want you to listen to this. The Christian life should be able to exist on an island, but it doesn't have to. The Bible talks a lot about the strength of the brethren and that there's, there's strength in a threefold cord. And it talks a lot about being intertwined with each other. But don't let your Christianity only exist when others are around to support it. Do you get what I'm saying? Can you at least give me a head shake or a head nod, okay? You should be have such a strong relationship with God that whether there's a friend alongside you or whether you're in a place to where you are alone and by yourself and maybe in a place that is carnal and evil, maybe your workplace, maybe some of the environments that you have that you are in, maybe on a college campus, your relationship with God should be able to exist free from others. What happens one day when you get placed in a position to where you have to walk with God without someone beside you? What happens when you are faced with the, with the opportunity to have to stand for what's right without someone to lean on? And so for you, loneliness sometimes is a real part of waiting. And if you're not careful, you will try to fill that void by, well, I need to go and make a new friend, or I need to go and have an accountability partner, and, I need to, and I'm all for all of that. Don't mistake what I'm saying. But at some point, you have to be a friend with God and have a relationship with God that is able to sustain and, and withstand everything else around it. Simeon and Anna, if their relationship and if their passion to see the Christ come was based off of everyone else around them, well, when everyone else passed away, when everyone else was dead and in the grave and didn't get to see it happen, Simeon and Anna still had to be passionate about the Christ. Simeon and Anna still had to seek that. So waiting often yields loneliness, so allow God to be your friend. And then thirdly is this. Waiting often breeds disappointment. So wait with expectation rather than disappointment. I spent too much time on that last point, so let me talk just about this really quickly. Every single day that Simeon or Anna went to the temple and the Christ and the Messiah wasn't there, do you think that was a little bit of a letdown? Sometimes waiting lends itself to disappointment. I go on a date, oh, this one's the one. Oh, this one's not the one. I get a job interview. Oh, man, the Lord is opening doors, and I just feel that the Lord is calling me, and that this is praise the Lord. I'm so, Jehovah has gyrated. <laughs> like, I'm just ready to walk through this opportunity and, and see what the Lord has, and then you get an email, we are not interested in you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting is this roller coaster of, oh, yeah. Oh, no. And if you're not careful, here's the way that most of us live in the waiting room. Most of us live a life to where we have this expectation. But the truth is, is that we normally live in the disappointments more than we live in the expectations, don't we? Oh, I've got a job interview. Man, this is great. Everybody pray. This could be the one. I've got a date. I've got this. I, I met so-and-so on farmersonly.com like this is the one and we get our hopes up and the expectation is there but the truth is is that many times we live in the disappointments don't we to where oh 
And if you're not careful, you will allow the disappointments to rule your spirit more than the expectation. Every disappointment, I want you to listen to this, every disappointment is another opportunity for God to show himself stronger in your life. Every time something doesn't work out the way that you think it should, well, this is an opportunity for God to do something different. This is an opportunity for God to lead me into something more perfect. Can you imagine being Simeon and showing up every day to the temple and seeing hundreds of babies come through there and thinking, this must be the one. This must be the one. This is the Messiah. This is how this is going to work. Maybe even seeing strong leaders come through there. I don't know that scripturally that they knew whether or not he was going to be a baby. I don't know that you can prove that. Can you imagine walking in and maybe there's some strong leader speaking in the temple and he thinks this has got to be the Messiah. And yet as he holds that baby boy, he's not disappointed. He's thankful that every single day he expected God to do something that he didn't do the day before. And then lastly, number four is this. Waiting on the miracle of God will always be worth it. Waiting on the miracle of God will always be worth it. I can't tell you, I don't know that we can summarize or describe when you read Luke chapter number 2, the scene that is taking place. As Joseph and Mary watch, for lack of a better term, sorry Simeon and Hannah, two old people getting their praise on, for also lack of a better term, okay? Because they've just met the Messiah. They are so excited in this moment. Can you, can you imagine being a bystander or an onlooker at that? That you've watched maybe Simeon and Anna scuff in there every single day. Simeon doing his job, Anna praying and fasting, waiting on the Messiah. Maybe you're some young temple helper and you're thinking, well, their grandparents didn't see it. Their parents didn't see it. What makes these two crazies think that they're going to see it? And then all of a sudden, after days and weeks and months and years, they see the Messiah and they begin to rejoice and worship him. And sometimes I want you to, I want you to hear this. Sometimes you are living in the very moments that five to ten years ago you would have prayed for. And you miss them because you're burdened about the weight that you're having to experience now. You're frustrated because something didn't go the way that it should have gone. And sometimes you miss the blessings of what is right in front of you because you're too worried about what's next. You're too worried about waiting on what is to come. Most every single one of you at the state, this is a young adults class. If you have your life figured out, congratulations, you can teach next week, okay? A lot of us, me included, were in the waiting. And sometimes the waiting is frustrating. The waiting doesn't make sense. 
But I can promise you that 5 to 10, 15 years from now, you continue to walk with God. You continue to wait with integrity. You continue to allow God to be your friend. You continue to not be disappointed, but expectant of what God is to do. Then you will look back and you'll, in some ways, you'll almost laugh. And you'll think to yourself, man, God, this is what you were getting me to. I've never met a child of God who's disappointed with the work of God. We've just got to stay faithful where God has called us to be in the moment that he has called us to be at and allow the weight to work out for God's good and for his glory, for our good and for God's glory. Simeon and Anna are examples of that. And so no matter where you're at, no matter what you're waiting on, here's my encouragement to you. Wait with integrity. Wait with God as your friend. Allow God to be your friend in the waiting. But wait patiently and expect something from God because at the end of the day, it will be worth it. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Let's pray and we'll be done. Thanks for listening. If this lesson is helpful to you, feel free to share it with someone else or let us know by emailing us at crosspoint at franklinroad.org. You can also check us out at frbc underscore crosspoint on Instagram and Twitter. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.